Welcome, Tarek. Uh, thanks for uh, you know coming in today. Always a pleasure, Sammy. Nice for us to jump into this episode. So, just for the viewers there out there, so welcome to the Anything Everything podcast, hosted by myself, Sammy Dendashi, and Tarek Bushara, where we discuss insightful content, uh, information-backed data, as much as we can. And then drawing on our own personal experiences and views in a way that can be beneficial to others. Yeah, word of warning, there are opinions. We are going to have opinions here. So if someone doesn't agree with our opinions, that's totally fine. But yeah, just just a word of warning. Don't hold us to it. Yeah, exactly. Too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for that intro. Uh, today's topic is going to be about confidence. So... Are you, viewer, are you, do, you, do you consider yourself a confident person? What is confidence? Like how, how would we define confidence? Do confident people even think that they're confident? Mm. Or is confidence much more intrinsic and not something that you're aware about? Also, if you're not confident as a person and you know that you're someone who's insecure in a lot of situations, is there a way you can actually build that confidence? Mm. So there are a lot of self-help books out there that kind of try to teach people how to be confident and how to build their own confidence. Mm -hmm. Do they actually work? Are they scalable in a way where they're not just a quick injection of serotonin mm. to make you feel good about yourself? And instead they actually teach you methods and strategies to build your confidence. So those are all kind of like questions that we're gonna explore today as well as a few others, but I'm mm -hmm. really, really excited to dive in. Yes, likewise. Thank yeah. you for the questions. Uh, definitely, we're going to dive into some of these. Uh, probably, you know, something around, you know, the phrase, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. So yeah. maybe let's start there. Go ahead. What so, you got? So with fake it till you make it, it's a term or a phrase that is used for people to, I want to say it's a short term like bandage for when you're not in confident in a situation. And we're, we're being very general now. Let's maybe we can we'll dive into a few examples. Things like the scariest things. I feel maybe we can, you know, tailor the, our example towards you know things like that, like public speaking, right. presenting in front of a crowd, uh, taking ownership of a situation in in a big group, walking up to a attractive person absolutely. that you're that you want to talk to. And yeah, try to, yeah, yeah that's one of the most intimidating things someone can mm -hmm. do. I think until you're used to it. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So fake it, do you make it? Personally, I don't think it's a good, it's a good long-term strategy. I can see its merits in the short term for someone who needs that, just that push. But you're better off uh, working on what I like to call like enablers to confidence. Okay. And I feel like confidence uh, is more of a thing that you gain as a result of a number of, you know, actions. Okay. Let's, let's step back for a second. What, what is confidence? H how do you define confidence? So I define confidence as, as a place that you arrive at rather than just a thing, because with fake it, do you make it? It seems like it's just a button that you can turn off, turn on and turn off. I, I reject that view. I see it as confidence is the result 
of or it's a feeling that's the result of preparation mm. uh clear communication and 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 like you know practice and then not caring or to put it in a different way lack of fuckery right you need i feel a healthy dose of that but all three combined and this is very like situational let's say for a presentation how you get confident is you have to know the material you right. have to know what you're talking about like your own name yeah that's your preparation then it's about how you say it you can know it but how you say it how you convey the message is a big aspect of your confidence right and then thirdly you have to have a bit of that i don't care how it's going to go mm. healthy wise yeah if it's for a client and and you're you, you know you're completely nonchalant then it's going to show but you need that healthy balance for the third one of i really don't care too much so it doesn't affect me the outcome i like that yeah mm-hmm. um i would i would say confidence is believing in yourself mm-hmm. that's a huge part of it but also another big part of it is knowing your limits so not just believing in yourself okay. but understanding what your limitations are Amazing. so once once you have both of these aspects i feel like that that just by itself makes you a confident person Uh, I think it could be summarized into this really simplistic way of you believe in yourself in mm-hmm. a specific situation that confidence can have different types and we can get into that. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in yourself and you understand your limitations in that situation and you're aware of it, then you're confident mm-hmm. in that specific aspect. Um, and speaking of fake it till you make it, I want to I wanna jump into an example with someone called, a psychologist called Albert Ellis. Have you heard of him? No. So Albert Ellis is one of the founding fathers of cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, okay. which is like huge in the psych world. Mm. Um, he, he initially had something called REBT, which became CBT later, but that's what he founded and what, what he added to it. So he had very big problems approaching women when he was young, mm-hmm. when he was 19. So what he did is he challenged himself to talk to 100 women every day, random women at a park, the New York Botanical Gardens. Okay. So the first the first 100 that he talked to, and it might be 100, it might be 130, I can't remember the exact number. But the first, yeah, but the first 100 women he talked to, um, about 70% of them walked away from him as soon as he sat down and started talking. Mm-hmm. And the rest engaged with him and he was able to get one date out of the 100. The second time he tried it, he was able to get three or four dates. And then when, after he's done it, after he practiced it for tens of times, he started scoring a really extremely high date ratio from the women that he talked to. So initially what he did was he faked it. Like he knew he didn't have the confidence. Mm. He went, he sat down, he tried talking to them. It didn't work out. They were, they walked away or they just kind of engaged with him a little bit. And then the conversation ended there. But I think what happened is he got used to the rejection aspect, which, which is built in to humans. Like we don't like rejection and it's a very primal instinct. And it's because I believe it's because back when we were cavemen, if you were rejected by like your society, you're probably going to die. You need the shelter of the community. So any, any rejection means you're an outcast means you're much more in danger. 
So a big part of this confidence aspect when it comes to talking to women is the fear of rejection. And it doesn't apply just to talking to women or to men or whoever you want to talk to. It also applies to public speaking and all types of confidence. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, that Mm. means you're probably going to die. And Mm. we've developed this instinct over hundreds of thousands of years, depending on, you know, the science that you want to believe, um, which led us here. Right now, rejection isn't going to kill us. Back then it was. But this fear we have impacts our confidence. So what happened with him is he realized his brain, after a lot of practice, realized that this rejection isn't really affecting him negatively, physically, in Mm. any way. So he got used to it, which gave him belief in himself that he can actually do it. And he understood based on how he would talk to women, the limitations that he had, and he knew how to work around them, which made him much more successful at it. And ultimately he became a very confident man in talking to women. Hmm. I'd add to that, that I'm sure there's an aspect of, because you're getting feedback. It's not the case of just getting the confidence to talk to them, because you'll build that, and I agree with you, but I think maybe what is also part of it is that, what are you saying? You can be confident, but what are you saying to get the date? Yeah, you know, to to get the girl to to listen to you and and say, okay, this guy has something interesting to say. Mm. You're getting feedback. So when a woman rejects you for lack of confidence, that's your like that's you knocking on the door, and then people go like, no, no, I don't want to buy what you're trying to sell. Yeah. But then, if if they open the door and and you walk in, it's about how do I stay in the room with what you say. So I feel like there's a maybe two or could be more aspects to it is that he he must have learned you know by doing more and more not just the confidence is like the first step but then he got it out of the way quickly but then to you know to to go forward and have a long term relationship it's about what you're you're going to say and you know to get the next date and the next date so i feel like he was maybe lacking in that regard as well right that you can get the confidence to talk to a girl and i feel like it's touching on the lack of fuckery that i that i uh, brought up that you need to not care essentially about the rejection. Once you're past that, you have to be an interesting person to, to the other person, right? Mm. You, you have to say something good. Um, but bringing it back to fake it, you make it, I see how, again, it's contextual. So yeah, he did fake it. He did, And yeah. then ultimately he made it. Mm. Um, and he faked it, but he faked it with intention. So he intentionally mm. knew what he was doing while he was faking it. Ultimately, he made it. Um, I mean, there's another fake it till you make it example that I'll give, but it's it's more it's much more personal. Yeah, and it's in my working life. Um, so when I started work, I was in customer support, and then I wanted to get into product to become like a product manager. And what I did was, I kind of faked being a product manager by doing product things and just really involving myself there. Um, and in the end, I, I managed to do it. So I got into product like about a year after and um, it worked. So I think I, it gave, I, and I'm not sure, I already had the confidence that I could make it. That's the thing. Mm. So fake it till you make it, but I already had the confidence that I can actually make it. Mm. So I don't know if, fake it till you make it applies to actually building confidence or do you have to be confident initially to do fake it till you make it? Maybe it Uh, works more that way. It's a good question. I mean, 
Yeah, you're sort of like you know opening it up a bit more. Like, so you believe in yourself. So if you're if you're gonna fake, it comes back to your definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If so, you if you if you wanna be good at something and you wanna fake it till you make it, don't you need to be confident that you can get there? True, true. And you know, on your point around you know like work experience, it's kind of a similar thing even in our industry where to to move up to the next level, you have to demonstrate that you're already there before you get it. Like. If you want to move, let's say you want to move, your promotion is from like level two to level three, mm. just, you know, for instance, you have to demonstrate that you're at level three, even when yeah. you're not. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's ties in, ties into that in a way, but I like your definition around, and I feel like I have a similar sort of definition around believe in yourself and then knowing your limitations. Yeah. So when, when you say believe in yourself, how do you like, let's double click on that a bit. Okay. B believe in, in what? about yourself what aspects so when i say when i say believe in in my when i say i believe in myself i mean that i understand my abilities and mm -hmm. i understand that i am someone who's just as capable as anyone else to do a specific thing nice. um, and i understand that if i set my mind to something and i try hard enough i can usually get where i want to get um Nice. So it's an accurate assessment of your own abilities, your own experience. Yeah. So it does tie into the limitations part. Believing in myself mm. ties into knowing my limitations. Because I feel like if you believe in yourself and you think you're limitless, mm. that means you're, you're, delusional. you're narcissistic, okay. probably too arrogant. And mm. yeah, you're delusional and it becomes dangerous. It becomes overconfidence, which we can talk about later. Mm. But um, yeah. Okay, so believing in yourself. I like this around around believing in yourself because let, let's let's look at let's look at it from the point that if let's assume this person hypothetically has experience, but he either goes down one path where he believes in himself or another path he doesn't. Mm. So is that imposter syndrome? So I would say if someone does not believe in themselves, then depending on what they're doing, they could be a victim of imposter syndrome. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's very common nowadays. It's, I feel like it's a phrase that's, you know, it's kind of trendy and maybe we can, it ties in a little bit to our- It definitely does. Right. So. And it, and I'll tell you, I experience it, mm. um, not every day, but yeah. when I, sometimes I just think about w w what I've done and where I am. And I feel like, do I, do I actually deserve this? Um, mm. There are a lot of people that, aren't in my position, but they mm. might be more capable. So why is it me? Those kind of questions always spring to mind, but it's kind of, it's, I think there's, there's a bit of a balance and it depends on the mood someone's in, but imposter syndrome is a byproduct of insecurity, which mm. comes from a lack of confidence. And usually when I feel imposter syndrome, I am not feeling confident. Mm. It's, it's pretty much the opposite. Mm. in my view okay yeah so it's yeah it's i mean related to you don't not not believing in yourself yeah and, yeah. and, and thereby therefore not assessing your capabilities well exactly okay and then on the limitations that's about sort of like knowing what you don't know yes in a way very important which yeah. is it's 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 a bit frightening it's i think it's scary for people just not knowing i agree and but that's you, why narcissism 
people who are narcissistic okay. sometimes get a lot of public attention. It's because they fill that hole mm. where people are scared of not knowing what they don't know. Okay. But keep going. Okay. We, we can discuss that. No, 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 nice one. Good yeah. segue. Yeah. So then it's it's a it's a reaction to not handling uncertainty exactly. or lack of knowledge well. Okay. So once you have that ability to go like I'm I'm confident in what I know and I'm also confident that I'm I'm or I'm fine, I'm comfortable that I don't know some things here. Exactly. And once you again it I feel it comes back to that just your accurate reflection on your own experience. Mm. In a way you could cast aside the imposter. Uh, especially when maybe it, it comes out and I feel like the point of not assessing your capabilities well is 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 a very prevalent point because the world is changing, our skills are evolving all the time. You may be good at something and you you don't have a good assessment of your own capabilities. Yeah. It's only when you change position, location, that you kind of go like, okay, now I know that what where what I what I took for granted is actually very useful, very beneficial in, in this area. Yeah. I know it's a bit general, but I feel like uh, that's that's kind of how it is. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's so I think that it ties, so believing in yourself and knowing your own limitations mm -hmm. are part of the same coin. Mm -hmm. They're just two different ways of looking at it because- So it's like, a, it could be if a you want to, if yeah, you're balancing, you know? Yeah, if you want to honestly believe in yourself and not lie to yourself, because you can believe in yourself while lying to yourself, 100%. which is what arrogant people do. Mm. Uh, if you believe in yourself without lying to yourself, that, that part, does have to include knowing your limitations. Um, and then, mm -hmm. yeah, but there, are some, there are some skills that you have and that you've built confidence in mm -hmm. that are transferable to other areas mm -hmm. that you find yourself confident in without really knowing that they were actually transferable, in fact. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if, you, if you're not a very social person and then you put yourself in social in situations and you start building your social skills and you become more confident socially, you might find that this confidence in, in your social skills made you much more confident in talking to people you're attracted to, made you much more confident when you have to go do a speech in, in public mm -hmm. and made, made you a lot more confident in other areas that you weren't confident at mm. all in. And you're like, wow, okay. That I built my social skills and now I could do all these things. I feel like I could do them much better. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And this kind of also goes into what types of confidence are there? So if you say you're confident, mm. does that mean that you're, do, do we usually tie confidence when we say that word to social confidence? I think, I mean, it's more general, but do you mean like domain confidence? Like when you say this person is a confident person, isn't the mm. first thing that springs to your mind that they're confident socially? Like when you talk to True. them? True. Yeah, I think it's like, um, like goes without saying. Yeah. That's the, like the first like uh, assumption or. Exactly. But yeah. the question is, does, is that really what confidence is? Or could someone be confident in mm. an area that does not involve social aspects at all, like not mm. public speaking, not talking to other people, but they're very, very confident mm. playing football. Uh, true, I mean, I think it's because most of life is social, right? So some, where are the areas that you don't need social? Sports. Engineering, mathematics, sports. Uh, and no, if, but you need confidence when you're, because you're working with people. If you're, if you're an engineer, 
that writes code. Okay. You don't really need to work with people. You can be mm -hmm. very confident in your ability to write code. If okay. you're a hacker, you really don't need to work with people. You okay. can be very confident in your hacking abilities. Um, and, okay. and Hackers ask, go alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and ask like Microsoft for a bounty of $200,000 when mm. you experience, when you, when you uh, get a zero day bug. Yeah, I have to be confident when you're doing cyber crime, I guess. Well, yeah, there are a lot of areas that involve confidence, which don't necessarily tie into the social aspect, mm. right? But, but I feel like they're they're really limited. Like the mathematician writing code, ultimately the code is going to go to someone. Someone's going to have to go like, okay, you know what? I don't like this code, you know? And then his confidence would be like, you know what? This is what you get. This is what you're paying for. Right. So it comes down to like haggling, you know? With haggling, there's a better confidence where you're able to, because there's always a, a give and take in any interaction, right? There's always yeah. sort of a winner and loser. I know it's a bit maybe harsh, but the reality of life is that in every engagement, every social interaction, at some level, there's someone that's going, getting his way. So- I don't know if I agree with that. It's much mm. more give and take, I think. Uh, yeah, there's the generally for life to go on and for like, you know, for us to have, you know, peace, uh, peaceful, you know, like uh, engagement, it has to be a sort of balance. But in, in a case where like you're buying something, when you're buying, you have power, right? Yeah. And that's it. But I'm, I'm just going back to your point that like outside of social and you talked about football. So you, you told me if in football you have, you have the ability, but you're not confident, then you can't really play well. No, you're confident in okay. your ability to play football. Okay. You're not confident in your ability to do an interview after the match. Ah, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, True, but I feel like yeah. Um, I guess with some people, there because you're because it's a public thing, right? Yeah. So uh, it's like confidence does not have to be. So what doesn't I, have what to I, be social. Yeah. Exactly what I'm trying to say is a lot of people just define confidence as social confidence, yeah. um, and I'm just trying to put out the notion that there's confidence that is outside the social aspect of public speaking yeah. and. and okay talking to mm. the opposite, uh, like people you're attracted to. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, I just feel like it's limited. It's not so, you know, because if, let's look at the player that's playing at the top level, he has to be a bit confident to, to be able to play because he knows that people are watching, you know, you have family that are like expecting, you know, a lot of things from you. So you, you have that confidence to play. Yeah. If you're not confident to talk. Uh, that's different. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, okay. Yeah, fine. Like a, a music composer mm. that makes amazing music and they're very confident in their music. And if mm. they're presenting their music, they're very, very confident. But then put them in a, in a room with mm. six other people, they don't know how to talk to them. They don't know, yeah. Okay, so there's... But I, I'd say that you're, if you have the social confidence, that conversational confidence, public speaking confidence, it's, it's a great add-on. To whatever I agree. Doing, that's right? not, yeah, that's not, yeah. that's not what I'm trying to get at. Okay. All I'm saying is there are different types of confidence and it isn't necessary that every type feeds into another. Mm. I think there's like, mm. um, there, there are types of confidence, but they're kind of separate. Sometimes siloed. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I feel like it, it should like tie in more. Because um, you can believe in yourself in certain areas, but mm. really not believe in yourself in other areas. Mm. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. But it, it brings up this point around transferability. Can you take confidence from one area to another? Can you convert it? Can you use 
I think it depends on if you built that confidence. Um, if you built that confidence while in your mind you were actively knowing that what you're doing is mm-hmm. building that confidence. So if you if you built that conf- if you built confidence doing something because you were aware that you're actually trying to build your confidence, that is mm-hmm. transferable. If you built your confidence doing something subconsciously, mm-hmm. like you've been playing football since you were six years old, and therefore you're very confident doing that, then I don't think that is transferable. However, mm-hmm. if you start playing football in your in your early 20s and you actively work on building the confidence that you have, then that part is transferable because now you kind of know how to build confidence. I think that it is transferable if you are aware of what you did in order to build the mm. confidence in another situation. Whereas if you're not aware, like if you're, I guess, no, if you're used to being very social since you were a school kid, when you're a school kid, you do, you're not really aware of how you're how you become confident. You're just confident. Okay. It just happens. Mm. And then you stay confident. You're not going to really know how you got that confident. You know what, what I mean? mean? Yeah, it's like knowledge that you don't really know you have. Yeah, you have to know the process consciously, I think. Because if you reach there subconsciously, it might not be transferable. But but if you reach there consciously, you would know how to transfer it to other areas. Yeah, because then you, I, I'd assume that you're reflecting more on exactly. you know, how you obtain that. Or how reflection, you yeah. The, the reflection part is, is a big one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think that you can build confidence. So how would you, how would you go about building confidence? Because you said... And I, I don't know if I, I mean, I guess I agree a little bit. There are parts that, but, but we, we don't have to talk about that more. But what I wanted to ask you is, how would you go about building your confidence? If there's something, is there something that you don't feel confident in? I know it's a personal question. Mm. Feel free not to answer it. But is there something that's, that you want to build your confidence in? Uh, off the top of my mind, no. But I can look back and say that, for example, presentations and public speaking. Right. Public, not public, public, polit- political, but just like, you know, in, in groups, that was an area that I actively, as you said, consciously worked on. How do you do that? I worked on through preparation. So it's it starts off like I have a story, I'll, I'll share this of in university. Yeah. Uh, English course two or three, maybe English two or three, sophomore year, I had to present my essay. In, in a room of 20 people. Sure. You know, not not so intimidating now, but uh, in the moment, extremely intimidating, you know, like, you know, complete a mess, you know, like you're just a mess trying to present. I remember uh, sort of like, you know, shivering as I'm walking to the front of the class and, and just like, you know, just like trying to read. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. you know, all, all the way. And, and, and just like, you know, mumbling whatever I had written down. I don't remember what, what the essay was about. And I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if this is my memory, you know, just playing tricks on me that that a few people just like laughed at me for for that. Yeah. And and that stayed with me for, for a bit. Yeah, that's know? that's a little bit traumatic actually. Yeah. I in mean, a way, you, you in could, a, it is, it is. I know it's like, we're kind of playing yeah. loose with the definition of trauma, but if something like yeah, that yeah, sticks course. with you, then yeah. it is kind of, it affected you deeply, Look, emotionally. At the time, at the time, yes, but it's about how long you can you keep that memory alive, right? I mean, it stuck with you. And then what to do with it. I mean, 
generally a lot of my memories stick with me and thankfully uh, it's a good okay. thing i like to I, which i like to but i yeah i have that benefit that you know i remember a lot of things sure and so how how did you so how did you basically flip that to become confident i flipped it years and years later by just forcing yourself number one to be a bit more social by like there, there's a thing where like people would go okay i'm i want to talk to certain people but they might not be interesting so what i started doing more is if you act interested you might get interesting things back you know what i mean it's sort of like an inverted approach but if you if you if you if your premise is yeah but i don't think this person is interesting you've already shut all you know 100% hope. you've cut off you know any you know good outcome from that engagement everybody can teach you something everybody has something interesting to say some people you have to work a bit harder with them yeah but going back to the point number one is it's not about just me okay i could have faked it you know and and just like read few bullet points but the preparation i feel preparation is your number one you know action is that you have to know the material know the material uh, really really well what you're going to talk about uh, now it's you're not going to read an entire essay out but like the summary and then practice practice the talking part there's the material part and then there's actually talking it out there's listening to your voice just as we're doing now on the podcast so like you stand in front of a mirror and you kind the, of recite it try to absolutely. put yourself in that situation 100% record recite uh send it to people ask them their views did you understand it uh did you not give me some pointers Th- those are the first two sort of things you have to do and then the third point which goes back to my definition earlier is you have to kind of not care you yeah. need that ability maybe this is a kind of a button that you kind of go like you know what i really don't care i don't care about this person's view now it, it it's situational it depends on you know context like if i'm going into interview i can't demonstrate you know not, not caring so much but you kind of need to you know how as they say in an interview they need you as much as you need them if you if you keep it that oh they need me and i'm going to panic and i'm going to worry and i'm i'm afraid they're going to sense that it's going to come off okay and going back to your point with you know with uh, talking to you know uh, women or other people certain people sense that sense that your reluctance they sense your inability to to be confident or having confidence so you you have to work on all these three you have to work on preparation and and in this case we're talking about you know presenting know the material uh, talk talk it out loud hear right. your voice prepare in front of a mirror record it if you can and then thirdly try not to care try not to care so here's i'm going to push back on the third point try not, not to care not to, okay um i care a lot mm-hmm. so i can't switch that off um okay. the way i deal with it and i'm not saying what's right or what's wrong i'm just Personally. this is this is how i think and and the reason i don't think it has to tie into confidence it could mm. but when i believe in myself if i go into a situation believing that i'm going to do well i'm going to crush it okay. i'm going to i'm going to do my best and i'm going to do well because i know my shit if i go into a situation thinking that way even if i do care about mm. what the person in front of me thinks i know i'm going to crush it so mm. it doesn't matter because i know they're going to look at me and be like this person crushed it no matter what the situation is mm. so this is this is my view on 
confidence. It's very internal. When you when you start externalizing it, mm. it could aid in building your confidence, I guess. Um, I, that's something that I haven't thought as much about. But when you externalize it, it no longer becomes something internal. So you're you're basing what other people think about you as part of the equation of your confidence. So you're saying that I don't care what they think about me. That ties back into the equation of me being confident in what I'm doing. Mm. I don't agree that they're necessarily related in that way. Yeah. It could make you it could make you more uh, appear more confident, right? But does it really make you more confident if you don't care what the other person thinks? Or does it just make you appear more confident because you don't care what they think? That's the question. It's a good one. I mean, and again, it's it's hard to separate, you know, these the, the feeling of knowing your, your stuff, you know, knowing that you're gonna do well and not caring. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying not don't care like don't care at all. And it's a, it's about levels. Right. Part of it, and, and I like the point of internal versus external. Mm. How I would push back is that it's it's very much a sort of fluid sort of equation. It's not entirely just, you know, my, you know, view. Because when you're in a situation where you need somebody's feedback, mm. you're you're caring a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, the it's not the case of me just suspending the care that I don't care at all, but it's about finding that perfect like spot or that balance where I'm not caring enough. You're not caring too much. I'm not caring too much. And, and what too much is, it's like, that's hard uh, to define. I guess, I guess that I can agree with. You that, know, it's hard I to define yeah. because yeah. It's, it's it's a spectrum or, 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 or a ladder of, you know, like values that we can never reach yeah it's just your own personal there's a there's a related point that i want to touch on that you brought up in what you were saying when you're confident Mm -hmm. socially and you're talking to someone you automatically make them more confident i think that's definitely the case for when you're talking to women it doesn't matter it's even in social situations if you're making a new friend Mm. If whatever, like if you has, has anyone ever like approached you and started like talking to you, like picked up a random mm. subject and just talked to you confidently about it? Someone you don't know. Has that happened before? Can't, can't think, can't remember now. I, I remember Probably. a few situations yeah. where it did happen. And that if that person projected confidence, I was immediately confident talking mm. to them. And I think that ties into the mirror neurons that we have in our heads where we feel the confidence mm. resonating from that person, which puts us at ease. And confident people, I feel like, put you at ease. If you're in a situation with someone who's acting really nervous, mm. you're going to get nervous. Rubs off on you. Yeah, it does rub off yeah. on you. And I feel like... There are some certain foundations that you can build for yourself when it comes to social confidence is first actively engage with keeping someone interested. Like you mentioned, it's mm. it's important to keep them interested and to keep them feeling like you're super interested in what they're saying. 100%. There are things that you that you do um, and and it ties back into confidence and we can tie, the, tie it back in later, but there are things that you could do in social situations, like if you fidget nervously, if your body language isn't open and body language is a whole different topic, um, if you're not laughing at their jokes, mm. if your smile doesn't seem genuine, if you yawn while they're talking, that's probably like the worst thing you could do to someone. Red flags, yeah. Yeah, if they're, if, if, if they're talking to you and you just yawn, they're like, okay, my 
Yeah, um, yeah. like it, immediately my confidence talking to you is going to go down if you like yawn. Um, whereas the opposite, if you laugh at a joke that I said, or if you're in a social situation, you make a joke and everyone around you laughs, even if they're your close friends, it just boosts you up. It gives you that mm. rush of confidence. It's so good. Mm. Um, so if you're able to do that for people, it's going to reflect on you mm. as well. If you're good at listening and making other people feel confident, you're going to be confident. And I yeah. feel like building those skills, if you don't have them innately, because some people know how to do these things. It just, they have that mm. ability. Mm. Other people need to build it. And I think anyone can build it if they set their minds to it and can become confident in a social aspect. Mm. They just need to practice it. And you mentioned that as well, practice. That's a core mm. element. For, for anything you want to become good at, including confidence. But yeah, I just wanted mm. to, to throw that in there because you touched on it and I wanted to expand on it a little no, bit. No, 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 uh, definitely. I mean, w when you think of it, and I really like this point about people, and, and I want to deep dive on what you said, that people can sense certain things. Yeah. Right? So, so body, just briefly on the body language side and reading people, I feel like, and I'm just going to just throw this out there like as a hypothesis that we give off a host or a spectrum of emotion. Right. You know, in your body language, confidence being one of them. Yeah. Nervousness, fear. Do you feel that certain attributes are more noticeable, you know, by, by people, you know, or, you know, like they pick up on more than others? Mm. Just putting it out there as a, you know, theory. I feel like confidence maybe isn't one that people would, you know, pick up as much. They do pick up on it but they pick up on the negative stuff more. And why I'm saying that is that because it ties into our negativity bias, mm. is that we notice negative things first. You know what I mean? Right. Which is a bit primal going back to, you know, hunter-gatherers. Yeah, we need to sense those. Uh, Risk averse, right? Yeah. Loss aversion. Everything, 100%. Everything around avoiding danger, uh, avoiding danger was ingrained in us, like coded in our, in our design so that you can survive. Yeah. And nowadays, okay, we don't need that bias as much, that negativity bias, but we need to be conscious that your instinct is to witness the negative spectrum first. And that's why you said that if, if someone approaches you and is a bit jittery and nervous, you know, like, man, I'm getting a wrong vibe from this guy. Yeah. So you, you're not so much like, you know, oh, I'm getting an amazing vibe from, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, is that, that, that ties back into, you know, building the skills that you need in order to make other people feel confident when they're in front of you. Mm. And once you know how to do that, you're going to start building confidence because when you project and it's, it's a little bit of fake it till you make it, you're projecting things that mm. are going to make people feel like you're interested in who they are and what they're saying, which at turn is going to put you at ease as well. And once you practice that dynamic, you're just mm. going to become more confident. Mm. So, But you're doing it consciously. You're and, doing it consciously. And maybe retrospectively, people might go like, you know what? I, I mean, I when I, when I when I think about it, that guy actually gives off a very confident approach. But in the moment, it's very like subconscious. It's very feeling subconscious. Well. Yeah, yeah. And even mm. later, you might not even think about that person being confident unless mm. you want to consciously think about it. Mm. But it happens subconsciously. And that's the powerful part. Mm. If you're the person practicing it, it's going to be conscious in your head. Mm. And you're going to understand the dynamics that are going on in the conversation, which ultimately will build your confidence and make that become something subconscious for you. Mm. Because you practice something over and over, it just the, the subconscious mind takes over and it starts doing. It. I really like this and you just reminded me of something where 
there was this uh, teacher in the UK doing like some sort of experiment around social building, social interactions. And she, she clarified this sort of framework. She called it's, it's four levels. Yeah. So at the very bottom, you have unconscious incompetence. Yeah. And then as you move up, so you go from, you go from that to conscious incompetence and then Uncon uh, conscious competence, then, unconscious competence. Absolutely. And yeah. And that's how you build your confidence. That's, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. You need to reach the unconscious competence. And that's when you're like, okay, I reached yes. the point where I'm yeah. confident. Now this uh, is more social. It's more It's, it's in the, the social aspect, yeah. but I think it can also tie into other areas uh -huh. where you need to practice and build that until you're unconscious competent, whether it be yeah. in sports, music, social. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you become confident. That's a really, that's a really nice one. I like that. Yeah, yeah, um, so we, I'd like to touch on overconfidence and underconfidence uh, before we wrap this up. Uh, I feel like if we tie it back into believing in yourself, mm. underconfidence is basically when you don't believe in yourself, mm. imposter syndrome, insecurity, that's underconfidence. Mm. You treat it by building your confidence, which is just what we talked about. But overconfidence, arrogance, narcissism, mm. that is believing in yourself to a point where you're actually lying to yourself. Mm. So you're believing that you're capable of much more than what you're actually capable of. And that is dangerous because you can start taking risks, financial mm. or, or otherwise, that you're not gonna be able to complete. And it's gonna put you in, in some pretty bad situations in life ultimately. But I think something interesting that we can touch on with overconfidence is how people who are in the public eye that are overconfident can tend to amass a huge, huge following, mm -hmm. like a massive following. First person that comes to mind is Donald Trump. <laughs> Other person that comes to mind is Kanye West. Okay. Um, Kanye West lost his, like a lot of people say he lost mm -hmm. his mind. Uh, Donald Trump, an obvious narcissist, uh, at least yeah. he acts like one. Textbook. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, it just, how many, how many people just love Trump? Like I haven't seen, a politician in the Western world, at least, who's amassed this kind of cult following. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Mm -hmm. And I think the overconfidence <clears throat> that he displays kind of shadow, casts a shadow mm. over the insecurities of his followers. They look at that person and they're like, he's so confident. Mm. He knows exactly what he's talking about, even though he knows nothing about what he's saying. Mm. So, the, the, he, they fill in that uncertainty that mm. people have with them. an outlet them. in that sense, yeah. Exactly. So mm. they plug, they plug, he plugs in that hole that people have where we're uncertain, we don't know about this, we're not sure what's going to happen. And they just love him because he's mm. able to relieve that uncertainty for the people in mm. front of them. So I feel like narcissism is about a lot of, um, a lot of narcissism Sometimes it's very negative and usually it is negative to be narcissistic, but it can be very powerful. It could be a very powerful motivator. A lot of the cult leaders are very narcissistic people. Mm -hmm. When you look at cults, when you look at uh, other like, political things, mm -hmm. a lot of them- the Groups are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the leaders, the top, even if you look at Lebanese politics, um, Sami and I are both from Lebanon. If you look at Lebanese politics, the leaders, narcissistic. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm their following's to, insane. Yeah, yeah. I want to try and understand it and and look into. Okay, is it because you are a public figure that you you constantly get 
feedback from the people your circle confirming your elevated status. Yeah, right? it is. And and to give a historical example, one which I really like is the great Roman generals used to have uh, their supporting uh, staff, you know, uh, men around them, you know, whoever, family, that would whisper in their ears, remember that you're going to die. Remember yeah. that you are just like flesh and, and blood. Try to bring them down, humble because, them. Yeah, because at, back in the day, you know, you, you had to be a bit delusional to that's succeed. the thing. That's the thing. So that and overconfidence. We, we kept it. Yeah. yeah and and it. I think it's dangerous because when you're overconfident and you mm. start lying to yourself and then that thing is broken, you mm. break down. Look at how Kanye West just mm. lost his mind. His narcissism reached a point where it broke because yeah, there's there became a lot of cognitive dissonance where mm. people are saying, listen, you're not the God that you think you are. Mm. He thinks he's a God. It broke him. Mm. Um, Donald Trump thought he could stay president, thought that his road is like, he's gonna change the world. Mm, yeah. He's not anymore. Mm. And he kind of lost it. And he's, you know, I don't know how- But he, the, the but, thing but, is, yeah, I, I like the point and I, I that's can why see how dangerous. it goes bad. Yeah. But there's, I feel like there's part of it that on your journey, when you, when you believe in yourself to a certain extent, because we can't know the future, and when you're very ambitious, you need a bit of that healthy, you know, like kind of you're a bit delusional because you're believing in your future self while not knowing how the outcome is going to be. So you kind of have to, you know, I feel like there's a, it's a very thin line or it's a very hard, hard walk between keeping yourself in check. And that's why you need people to keep telling you that, yo, take it easy, I feel. Because you know what I mean? Like you want to do something, you yeah. have to believe that you've done it without doing it for you to do it. So it's a very, very thin line where, and this is where they've gone, is that that 1% makes you snap, like Kanye, like Trump. I think needs. that's, yeah, that's a really good point. I think that's a good point to, to, to end it on as well, is that- How do you find that balance? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question. Like where does it become overconfident? Where does it go from confidence mm -hmm. to overconfidence? What is that line? Very blurry. We can let the people listening decide, Absolutely. but- yeah, it's important not to be too overconfident or it can mm. like bite you. Uh, so I think that's a, I think this was a good discussion. Um, it was, yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Likewise, yeah, of yeah. course. Really good, uh, good deep diving, uh, defining it, seeing, you know, what makes confidence in our view, why people aren't confident and uh, how can it go wrong? How can you build your confidence? Yeah, we explored you... some really, really interesting questions, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, stick around if you feel like you wanna hear other interesting topics yes. and what our takes are on them. And again, a bunch of what we said is opinion. Yes. Feel free to disagree with yeah. it. And give us your own opinions. We'd love well. to hear, we'd love to hear other opinions We'd like opinions to get feedback well. and, and questions that could be part of future episodes. So yeah, yeah, yeah down for that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. Thank I, you. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, Tari, as well. Okay. Welcome.